So a couple of people this week asked me, what are you speaking about this Sunday? And I said, the future. And both of them asked the exact same question. How far into the future are you going to talk about? And I hope that will become clear as I share this morning uh, with you in, in the next few moments. But this past week, we celebrated New Year's celebration. You know, for us, it was at David's tent, and it was awesome. Uh, some of you might have watched the ball drop in Times Square. And, uh, I, I like seeing all the different cities and the different time zones celebrating the New Year. And it's just interesting to me, I think about this when I... When I see people celebrating the new year, knowing that they don't know what the new year is going to be like. like. They don't know if it's going to be the best year ever or the worst year ever, if it's going to be the most unforgettable year or the most forgettable year. Uh, and it's just curious to me that we're celebrating something that we really don't know anything about. And if we ask that question, why are we celebrating, we might just take the attitude Let's just ignore you know, the New Year since we don't know what it's about. And, and, and isn't that kind of what Jesus said, right? Just to not, not think about the future. Do you remember this uh, verse of Scripture? Uh, Matthew 6.34, Jesus said, Take therefore no thought for the morrow, for tomorrow, okay? Now the issue with this Scripture is that the language that is used here is 16th, 17th century language. It's from the 1600s. This is the English that was spoken then. And you have to imagine in the last, you know, what, 500 years or so, that, you know, the English language has changed a little bit, you know. Uh, and, and so I want to look at a more modern translation and see the difference. The more modern translations say, therefore, do not worry about tomorrow. And never in Scripture does it say, take no thought for tomorrow. Like, don't, never ignore the future. Uh, just don't worry about the future, okay, because of your relationship with God. So what we have here is a wrong interpretation because of an archaic translation. That's, in essence, what we're, what we're talking about uh, from the Greek in, in the English language. So it's important for us to think about the future, just like I believe we need to think about the past. We need to think about the past. Uh, you know, Edmund Burke said this, those who don't know history are destined to repeat it. We have to know where we've been. That's why it's a good practice to journal. Because sometimes God speaks to you and tells you what's going on in your life or tells you what he wants to communicate to you, and you might forget it. So it's important for us to look back Constantly throughout Scripture, it's saying, remember, remember, remember what the Lord has done. In fact, that's what communion is all about. Jesus said, take the bread, take the cup, in remembrance of me, in remembrance of my death, and my resurrection, my suffering for you on the cross. So it's important for us to understand our history in order to not repeat our mistakes. You know, just to learn from what, what we've experienced before and, and, and to, uh, to help us with that. But we also need... To, to look to the future. And the reason why, we, I, there's a couple reasons I can think about why we need to look to the future. One is that we need to have hope. <laughs> we need to believe that God has something in store for us, that life has something in store for us. But I also believe that we need to look to the future to know how we are to live now. Why do I believe that? Because that's what the Bible tells us. The Bible speaks a lot about our future, and it doesn't tell us about the future just so that we know the future, but so that we know how we should live 
in the here and now. So the future is important. Recently, I heard a testimony of a woman who was a, uh, a so-called adult film star, okay? And she came to know God, and her life was revolutionized. In fact, after living that kind of a lifestyle, she said that the only time she found true fulfillment and true affirmation was when she came to know that God loved her. And she began to read the scriptures, and it totally transformed her life. In fact, that woman eventually married a pastor. And with that pastor, they're, they're in partnership to minister to people in that lifestyle to help them to know you don't have to be trapped in that lifestyle. That's not, that's not true hope. That's not true fulfillment. That's not true affirmation in your life. You can only find that in God. So it's a powerful transformation. And in ministering to people in that lifestyle, uh, she gives this counsel, and I want to read this to you. She said, I just really encourage them to not think about the now, because I always live by what was going to make me happy in the moment, and I never, ever consider the future. She said, and if you really think about the future, do you really want to deal with the repercussions of having your sinful lifestyle all over the internet for the rest of your life. And she is telling us that living in the moment is, is, is a problem. That we need to think about the repercussions. But I don't believe it's just for this life. I believe it's for the life to come that we're talking about as well. You know, one of the most serious issues facing our culture today is that people, for the most part, live in the moment. And I have a couple of theories about why. I have a theory that they don't want to look to the past because they see things in the past that they're not proud of, that they're ashamed of, that they feel guilty about. And so they want to ignore the past, okay? Things didn't work out for them, so I'm just going to ignore the past. But I also think similarly that people don't look to the future. They live in the moment. They live for what they can experience in the now. And I believe it's also because of fear, that they're afraid that maybe something good is not going to happen, that there's not good waiting for them, not only in this life, but in the life to come. So they put it out of their minds. We regret our past, and we're ashamed of our, of, of our past, and we're fearful of our future, so we don't know whether to think about one or to think about the other. So what I want to do is look now at our main verse that we're looking at from the Bible that we're looking at this morning. And it's this verse. We already gave you the reference in the first slide. It's 2 Timothy chapter 4, verse 1, where the Apostle Paul says, I charge you in the presence of God and of Christ Jesus, who is to judge the living and the dead, and by his appearing and his kingdom. It's important for us to know who wrote this. It's important for us to know that the Apostle Paul wrote this and that we can see from his writing just in this one verse that his focus was on the future. And not just the future life here on this earth, but the future of our afterlife, eternity, was something that really bore strongly in his thought process. And it's interesting because Paul used to live for the moment. He was consumed with what people thought about him. 
He was an advanced intellectual. He was advanced in his religious tradition. And people thought highly of him. He studied at the best universities. He was, he was the go-to guy for his religious community. And he was focused on what he could do in the now, what kind of experience he could have in the now, without any thought of, am I doing the right thing? Is God going to be pleased with this? What happens when I stand before God? So he was consumed with life in the now, here on this earth. But when he met Jesus, and if you know the story that's recorded in the book of Acts, you see a tremendous transformation in Paul's life when he met Jesus. And after he met Jesus, here's a couple of things that he said. This is recorded in Philippians chapter 3, verse 8 and verse 13. In case you're taking notes, Philippians 3, 8 and 13. In verse 8 he said, yes, everything else is worthless when compared with the infinite value of knowing Christ Jesus my Lord. For his sake... I have discarded everything else, counting it all as garbage, so that I can gain Christ. His focus became totally different once he met Jesus. The here and now became largely irrelevant to him. It was an eternal relationship with Jesus that mattered more than anything else. And then in verse 13 he said this, I focus on this one thing, forgetting the past, and looking forward to what lies ahead. He was remembering the past and then choosing to forget it. He, he, he often would talk about his former lifestyle, but his main focus was on what God had done in his life and the implications of that for him, for his future. So when you think about the future, your perspective changes. That's what Paul was getting at in this first verse of chapter 4 of 2 Timothy. He's saying, I charge you in the presence of God and of Christ Jesus, who is to judge the living and the dead by His appearing and His kingdom. He has a divine perspective, an eternal outlook. And he's looking at that and it changes everything about his life. And he's encouraging those who follow Jesus to follow suit, to act as he was acting in this regard. So in Psalm 90, we're looking at the New Testament. And we're looking at the, one of the Psalms. And it says this in Psalm 90. The years of our life are 70. Or even by reason of strength, 80. Then Moses said, So teach us to number our days that we may get a heart of wisdom. I believe this is the only Psalm out of all the Psalms that was written by Moses. We know that Moses wrote Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers of Deuteronomy, but he wrote this psalm, and the focus of this psalm is life is short. Make sure that you gain a heart of wisdom, recognizing the time that is going by and how you are using that time. You know what the average life boils down to in terms of days and hours? We're talking about the average lifespan is 27,375 days. When you start to think about that, Every day that goes by is one less day, another day. We sometimes only mark our time in decades or even in years. But we think about how precious time is. We boil it down to days. And not only days, but even hours and how we spend those hours. Because the average lifespan is only 657,000 hours. 
You see, there is a different perspective when you consider the shortness of life with eternity. And when you, when you begin to number days, to number hours, and compare that to eternity, and just don't have an earthly focus, but have an eternal focus. Not just a, 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 a temporal, but a heavenly focus. All of a sudden, you begin to number your days right, and with wisdom, you begin to live your life differently because of that different perspective, because of that different view that you have. I wanted to give you some pictures as illustrations uh, for what I'm talking about this morning. This is a view from the hotel room that Renata and Jessica bought for me for that Saturday night that I was going to speak at their church in Elo Elo. And this is from the seventh floor. My 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 uh, my uh, window of that hotel overlooking Elo Elo. You see that when you're down in the streets of Elo Elo, you see it a certain way. But when you get up a little bit higher in the rooftop of a high rise building, all of a sudden you have a different perspective. But the Bible talks about not just getting up on top of buildings or mountains, but the Bible talks about a first heaven, a second heaven, and a third heaven. First heaven referring to what we can see with our eyes, the atmosphere below and above the clouds. But then we, we talk about the second heaven, which is outer space. The third heaven being that place of God's abode that we, that we more commonly call heaven. And I want us to get a little perspective of that. Here's a little picture from the first heaven. This is in the plane, from the window, flying over Iloilo. I'm not just on the seventh floor of a building but I'm flying over. I wanted to give you this picture. I could have given you DC, but I wanted to make all of the Filipinos that are here today really homesick, okay? Just to, like, we, we love our land. And, uh, and by the way, Renan is leaving tomorrow uh, to go to the Philippines, and Jessica is leaving at the end of the week. So pray for them. Uh, they're going to get some rest. They're going to be involved in ministry. They're going to be caring for mom that is there in Manila. And, uh, and so while they're gone, please keep them in prayer. But I'm also showing these pictures to appreciate you again for that lovely hotel stay uh, there in Elo Elo and setting us up for that. But this is a view from the plane flying in. I'm flying over this beautiful agricultural land of Elo Elo, and I'm, and I'm loving that, and I'm getting a perspective from that first heaven. But there's also the second heaven, and this is a view of the earth from the moon. And you can see how all of a sudden the earth looks different than how you see it on a daily basis. I'll never forget that Apollo movie where, one, where whatever the astronaut was lifted up his thumb in the window and covered the entire earth with his thumb. The reality is the higher that we go, the greater our perspective, the greater our outlook, the more we can see things. This is why I like when the leaves fall off the trees. I, would, I love spring and summer. I love spring and fall more than any other uh, of, the, of the other two seasons here in D.C. I love spring when everything blossoms. I love the color change in the fall. But there's something good to me about winter when everything, uh, all the leaves die in fall because you can see a perspective. You get to see houses you never could see before. You get to see places that you never saw before. There's a different perspective and we see this from the second heaven. But when you go to the third heaven, there's an altogether different perspective. And we need to go beyond the first and the second heaven. And we need to see light from the third heaven. We need a heavenly perspective. We need a heavenly viewpoint about our life. If you have a heavenly viewpoint about your life, it changes everything. 
where you're not just focused on the here and now, but you're focused on the eternal, it changes everything. And to illustrate this, I want to ask, which one of you want to help me? All my buddies up there, uh, who wants to help me? Come, the first one to stand and come down, uh, come on down, you guys. There, there we go, Bonch. Come on, everyone get a hand up. All right, Bonch, let's see how we can unwrap this. This is a, uh, a bunch of rope. You take this rope right there. I'm going to hold on to this end right here. And just as you unravel, go as far up those stairs into the balcony as you can possibly go. Would you? How many of you guys love Bonja? Good man. Keep going, bro. You got it, bro. You got it. By the way, you can see this illustration on YouTube. This is a Francis Chan. And if you haven't met Francis Chan by YouTube, you need to meet him, okay? And uh, an amazing, amazing speaker. He's one of the people I listen to a lot. David Platt, others. Um, uh, Tony Evans. I'm just giving you some of my favorites that I listen to uh, on, on the radio. Or on, on the, well, on the radio, Tony Evans, but the rest of the guys on YouTube. But this is a uh, this is an illustration. Hey, uh, you know what we can do, Issa? Look how far we're going. Can you bring this all the way up over that and bring it so it's all the way up on the balcony? Yeah, just lift it right over that thing. There we go. There we go. Go all the way up with it, would you, Issa? Go for it, man. You can't see him, some of you. Most of you can't see him, but I'm going to see how far Bond is. Over there, there you go, there you go. Watch Tokotoma's head as he's there. You go. There you go, all the way up. I want you all to use your imagination this morning. Pretend this rope, I'm seeing where he is. He is way up in the back of the balcony. I think he can go even a little further. Go up right in the middle. Can you use it right there? And just pull it as far up as you can. So use your imagination. Pretend this rope goes farther than the back of this sanctuary, way up in the balcony. Pretend that it goes around the world. A few times. Pretend that it goes through the universe, through the multiverse, okay? Out into eternity. Just pretend that this rope represents eternity. But not only represents eternity, but pretend that this rope represents your time, your life, your planet, but then also throughout all eternity, okay? Just use your imagination. This is your life, okay? And it just stretches on all through eternity. Why are we talking about this? Because God didn't make us to die. In Ecclesiastes 3, it says that God has placed in our hearts eternity. And when we read the first books of the Bible, we find that God didn't create us to die. Death came as a result of rebellion against God, where we decided to go our own way instead of let God be God. And death was the result of that. And that explains why death is so frustrating to us. That explains why our own death is so frustrating to us. We live all this life, I do all these things, I feel all these feelings, and then it's over. But not just our death, but our loved one's death. And the reason why it's so frustrating is because that's what we weren't, that's not why we were created. We were created to live. And so God created us. When He breathed life into us, when He placed a spirit in us, He gave us a spirit, a soul. And that spirit and soul goes on forever. 
And, and this is the representation of that. That our life is not just for this planet, but our life is for all eternity. And yet, so frustratingly and exasperatingly, I'm sure to God, some of us here today, all we think about is, is our earthly life. But I want us to look at what I've got in this room. Because what I have in this room, right here on the end, is a little piece of red. And I want us to think about our life going on throughout eternity and our life here on this planet just being this tiny little bit of room. It goes on and on and on. And yet this life is only this long in comparison to eternity. Millions, billions of years beyond this life. 70, 80, 90, maybe. And yet... I know it's got to be exasperating to God when those of us here focus only on this little part of life. We just put everything into this. All of our thoughts, all of our dreams, we hardly even give a thought to the rest of what is, is, is awaiting us. We go ahead and focus on, I've got to make myself comfortable in this life. I've got to make sure that I, that I put enough away for this little part of life right here at the end, you know? That little part of life that we call retirement. We, we, we save and we do all the things there so we can hopefully enjoy. Never knowing that we're even going to make it to that age. But we focus so much on this life. There's so many indicators that our focus is more on this life than eternity. And yet when you think about it, how long is eternity? And this is an example of that as we look at what we're seeing. But the Bible teaches us that what we do with this red part determines how we're going to spend the whole of eternity. How we live this life. What we believe about God. What we receive from God. How we respond to God. What we not only believe, but what we do in this life determines how we're going to live for the rest of eternity. And yet again, it's so sad to think about our focus only being right here. This is important. This is important, this part of life. It's important for us. But it's more important for us because of what's going to happen as a result of how we live this life than what we think about when we think, I've got to get the best of this or do the best of this. And, and yet the focus of Paul was different. Paul says, I'm not going to invest all in this little part. Paul is the one that quoted that says, I'm going to press on to the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. I'm going to forget those things which are past and press forward towards the reward. Paul knew that there was two things waiting for us in eternity. There are regrets and there are rewards. The regrets are, why did I spend my life like that? Why did I focus on what really matters? Maybe those 7,000 movies I watched weren't really that important. Maybe there was something more that I could invest my time in. And Paul knew that as a result of it. He was focused on what was to come. That's why he says, I charge you in the presence of God, who will judge the living and the dead and view what is appearing. He was saying, don't forget, there's way more to come. And whatever you do in this life is what determines what exactly is going to come. Paul was saying, I stand before God in the fullness of his presence. When one, yeah, it's important for this life because we have one chance in this life, and I don't want to diminish this. But somebody says, life's not a dress rehearsal. I beg to differ. It is a dress rehearsal. And it's a dress rehearsal for the true play that is coming, and that play is called eternity. 
and how many practice now is how we're going to how we're going to be when we get to that real place. And so people, you know, I know that when people look at us and they see us investing our time in the work of God, and they see us investing our money in the work of God, and they see us, you know, living a pure life, and they think, why don't you live like the rest of us? Just do what the Bible says people do who have no hope. Eat, drink, and be merry, for tomorrow we may die. And they laugh at us and think that we're crazy. But the reality is, they're actually crazy. They're actually crazy for thinking that this is all there is. You see, people sometimes think, I know there's got to be more to this life. I know there has to be an afterlife. But do they ever give more thought to it than that? Do they ever seek and find the salvation that God has provided for us in Jesus and in Jesus alone? And I'm not being close-minded to that. I, I love pluralism. I love being with all kinds of people of all faiths and all kind of lifestyles. I love being with people. I, it's, it's to me exciting to be around people that are different than me. But the reality is, is that I know this. There's only one God, and He only provided one Son. And only Jesus fulfilled all the prophecies that were written hundreds of years before His birth. Only Jesus died on the cross. Only Jesus rose from the dead. And so what I'm thinking about is, do we ever give enough thought to, is there a God? And if there's a God, how do I know God? And how can God get me to heaven? And when we seek Jesus' promise, we will find. As the prophet Jeremiah says, if you seek God, you will find Him if you search for Him with all of your heart. And I'm not sure that all of our heart is focused not only on this life, but on the life that is to come. And it's tempting to focus on this life because, as, as I alluded to, most everyone lives this way. Most everyone lives for the now. But it's a horrible deception. It's not something that we should fall into. We have all the Bible to tell us that's not the way to live. We have so much more that is waiting for us. Do you say amen? Amen. So let me tell you about my daughter Noelle's tattoo. I'm not a tattoo guy. I'm just not, okay? I'm going to die without tattoos, okay? That's just the way I'm going to die, right? I'm going to go to heaven without tattoos. But I just want to be honest with you. I love Noel and Kaika's tattoos, okay? I love that Kaika leads his gym with on his arms, seek first the kingdom, okay? I love that. It's, it's a door over. But I wanted to show you a, uh, a picture, if I could, of, of my daughter's tattoo. But I want to give you the background first. At one point, our daughter was not living for God. She was not living... Uh, for eternity, she was living for the moment. She was living for, you know, what, what the world has to offer now, right? And and her mom, my wife, told told her one day, you know what? Just just be mindful of eternity. And before you knew it, she showed up with this tattoo right here. With eternity <laughs> in mind. Pretty cool, huh? Don't worry, if you guys are not tattooed, you can still clap for the meeting, okay? You're not endorsing that thing, all right? We're all different, right? We're all different, all right? But I think it's important to think about the past, to think about where we've come from, to remember our mistakes, to remember how faithful the Lord has been to us. And But I also think it's important for us to consider the future, even though there might be some uncertainty in the future. But I just want to say this when you're looking back in the past. Like Paul, don't get stuck in the past. Once you, once you reflect on the past, move on. 
And there's nothing better to help you move on from the past than the precious blood of Jesus Amen. that washes us white as snow. Amen. You have guilt for anything, His blood washes that guilt away. You have regret for anything, His blood washes those regrets away. That's why He died on the cross. That's why He died on the cross for us. But I also want you to think about the future. And I want, I want to encourage you to live for eternity. Not just to live for the time period of eternity, but in this life to live for the purpose of eternity. To live with eternity in mind. A lot of what I do is not because of this life. It's because of the next. Because I know that someday I'm going to stand before God along with you. And if I wasn't real, if I was lying to you, you will know it. Yeah. If I was told little white lies, if I was, you know, had impure motives, you'll know all that. I know that from the scriptures. I know that we'll all stand before the judgment seat of Christ. I know that everything that we've done for selfish ambition and impure motives is going to be burned away. And I know that everything that we've done for pure motives for God is going to shine like the sun. It's going to be pure uh, silver and gold that we can use to worship our Lord. We have so much to worship Him for. And I, I just know that the reality of heaven lets me know that it changes our life. I want to be pure before God. I want to have integrity, not just when you see me, but when you don't see me. But I'm not just focused on my own eternity. I'm focused on your eternity. I want to make sure, you know, when I read Paul and I read about his care for the flock, I read how he prayed night and day with tears. And he said, God, prepare them for heaven. Do whatever it takes, Lord, to prepare them for heaven. And I don't just want you to get to heaven. I want you to get to heaven in a glorious, in a glorious entrance. I don't want you to get you, I don't want to see you get to heaven with your hand hung down. I don't want to see you get to heaven alone. I want to see you be able to bring your friends and your family members and even strangers that you don't know just because you did something that they observed and they came to know Jesus. And as a result of it, they're not in hell, but they're in heaven forever. That's what I want for you. That's why I pray for you. That's why I remember that scripture of the prophet Samuel that says, I will not sin against God by failing to pray for you. Because it's not just about your life. It's about your eternity. And it's not just about your eternity, but the eternity of all those who you can influence. An anonymous poet wrote these words. Only one life will soon be passed. Only what's done for Christ will last. to pray and say, God, how can I be in your presence? How 
focused on you and receiving from you? And how can I have eternal uh, 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 focus with my life? How can I make sure I'm living my life right? And she gave some amazing ideas. And if you weren't here last week, she talked about how she prayed and said, you know what, I'm going to change my Netflix, Netflix viewing for like the, the whole year, I think it was. She says, instead of watching a whole bunch of movies that have nothing to do with God, she was watching, what was it, Dead Tales or something, I forget, like kids stuff, you know, just to get her focused on God. And she watched the uh, Samson movie and things like that. They're just little ways that we can say, God, how can I be in your presence? How can I just not be focused on the presence of people around me, but focus on being in your presence? How can I not just be focused on the here and now, but focus on eternity? How can I not just focus on this little part of my life, but all that there is to come? And, and Michelle gave us some great ideas. And here's what I'd like to do. I, I, I asked them to put some papers on these tables. And I asked them maybe to put a couple of writing utensils there in case you didn't have them. Now, some of you say, you know what? What's paper? <laughs> I write in my phone. I write in my tablet. I write, I don't even know what paper is anymore, you know? And, and so if you don't need paper, don't use it. We'll use it for something else. It's good for the environment. It's good for the economy. It's good, our economy, you know? So if you don't need the paper, don't use the paper. Go ahead and do it on your, on your tablet or whatever, whatever. But here's what I want you to do. I want you to take a few moments now. And just get in God's presence and say, God, how can I live differently this year in light of eternity? Get in God's presence right now. Get with the Lord and say, you know what? God, I'm going to take some time to be in your presence. I'm going to pray right now. And I'm going to encourage you to maybe consider when you write that you include two things that I'm going to give you as a recommendation. Because I believe this. No matter what job you get, no matter what education you get, the really, the really the only thing that lasts other than your life for all eternity are, are the disciples that you make, those people that you bring to God. Because Jesus told us to be followers of His and to make followers of his. He said, go into all the world and make disciples of all nations. So I'm going to encourage you, whatever list that you write down on that piece of paper, and I'm going to encourage you guys that are up on the balcony on the side, if you don't have a tablet, come and join us at the tables and grab a piece of paper. If you don't have a tablet, if you have a tablet, that's fine. But if you don't, come and join us in the, in the tables that are here and, and make sure you have a paper and a pen. But I'm just going to encourage you in this. The two greatest faiths at Embassy Church get offers for you to make disciples, to bring people to God, and help them to grow in a relationship with God that it will last for all eternity are these two things. Family groups and God encounter weekends. They're the two greatest opportunities. So I'm just going to encourage you, men, get in the men's family group that meets every other Wednesday night. Find that information if you need it on our website. Whatever you have to do. And if, if you say, I can't be on a Wednesday night, then talk to Sabrina and start your own men's family group. Get a group of guys together. Purpose to be disciples of Jesus, followers of Jesus, and make followers of Jesus. And, and ladies, there are three opportunities already for you. For you to be a women's family group. And, 
And so I'm going to encourage you, ladies, just go ahead and write that down. Get in a family. That can be a way that you can be eternally focused this year, is to jump into family group ministry and, 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 and develop disciples and help people to grow for all eternity. But the other way is, is God encounter weekends. And that first weekend of, of November, it's there, of February, it's just a month away for you ladies. And some of you say, I've already been to a God encounter weekend. Great. Now's your opportunity to bring some friends with you. Now's your opportunity to bring some family members with you. You can begin to pray for them now. You can take them out to lunch now. This applies to both men and women. You can take them out to lunch Invite them over to your house and say, hey, I want to tell you about this weekend. Then invite them to come and watch what God does in their lives to change their lives for all eternity. And man, it's the second weekend of February. So I hope that those two things are on your list. But I'm going to give you an opportunity right now just to pray. Get in God's presence and say, Lord, what do you want my life? How do you want my life to be different this year? In your presence and in light of eternity. And then write those things. All right, folks, you can begin to think and pray right now, but I'm going to say one more thing. Well, let me give some instructions. Worship team is going to come. Ministry team is going to come right after that in just a few moments. Ministry team, you can take a moment to write some things down if you want. Worship team, just be thinking you can write it down later. Uh, but I'm going to say this. Uh, ministry team is going to be here. Worship team is going to be here. But here's, here's maybe the most important thing this morning in this afternoon. If you sat here today and you said, you know what? I came to this place. Maybe different than some of the other people that came to this place. Because I heard some news I needed to hear today that God loves me. And that the Bible tells me that God's real. That God has a different way of life for me. And God has eternal life for me. And I'm hearing news that I needed to hear when I walked into this place.
you want to give it to me for free and get a Bible for you. So before you leave, and you might want to tell somebody, hey, I, I, think, I think I've started a relationship with God today so we can celebrate with you. Because the Bible says that when you start a relationship with God, all of heaven rejoices. And we love to rejoice with you. So Father, we pray for anybody who needs to come to you and start a relationship with you today. You would you, just encourage them, God, to say yes to you. That you would wrap your arms around them and show them that you have everything you have for them. We know that those who call upon you will be saved. And so we pray that you would save them, God, for all eternity. Jesus, we thank you for the time to get in your presence and ask you how 2019 will be different because of your presence and because of eternity. And we receive that, Lord, in Jesus' name right now. Thank you, Lord.